0: Foundations.
1: Religious hypocrisy and corruption is not exclusive to the Jewish people. And we have to take that warning very, very seriously because it's very easy to fall into these kind of traps looking for prosperity. All Christian ministry and churches have to be very, very careful.
0: Foundations. Understanding the Jewish foundations of our Christian faith. With Robbo Robinson and Mandy Warby. In the last program, we looked at some prophecy that had to do with the behavior and conduct of the religious leaders in the temple and how that might be connected to Jesus driving out the people from the temple and how that might also be connected to him cursing the fig tree.
1: Yeah, because oftentimes those two incidents where he he, uh, supposedly loses his temper Mm. in his righteous zeal and and drives all of this corrupt merchandising out of the temple, and cursing the fig tree when it wasn't even supposed to be bearing fruit. It, yeah. It's almost a bit irrational, which yeah. is contrary to his nature. That's the
0: more bizarre one to me. Like I can understand the the temple, yeah. but yeah, cursing the fig tree is like he sort of came in feeling a bit hangry and went, stupid tree, you know, and just yeah. lost his cool. But yeah, you
1: think that doesn't make sense for <laughs> yeah. the Son of God. But yeah. a little Jewish history that we uh, learned about last time. About um, the state of things during the that era of time when the prophet Malachi lived and how he revealed that the religious leadership in the temple, which was supposed to be the shepherds, the, the pastors, for want of a better description of the people, to be leading them in truth, and God had given instruction on on how they were to bring offering and make sacrifice in the temple and how the best was supposed to go to God and the religious leaders were so corrupt mm. that it was nothing but a business for them. They were keeping the best for themselves. So they were ripping the people off because the people weren't ending up giving what they were supposed to to God and God was getting the skungy, the weak and the and the impaired
0: mm.
1: and they weren't giving the best to God and this was leading the people into error and God sent Malachi warning the people 400 years later, when Jesus arrives on the scene, nothing's changed. In fact, it's worse. And we learned also from um, uh, Jeremiah in chapter 24 that the figs are actually um, an analogy of the Jewish people. Good figs, bad figs. The bad figs God was going to deal with and judge. The good figs he was going to send to Babylon, protect them there until it was time to bring them back. Mm. So figs and the fig tree is an analogy of the Jewish people. And then we learned that when Jesus came into Jerusalem riding on a donkey and, um, and this, they, the people began this messianic mm. um, psalm singing it, they were so excited and the religious leaders were horrified and uh, that, that tells you that you know, there is something significant here and they thought, oh, they're, they're claiming him to be the Messiah, and that's terrible. Don't let the people do the wrong thing. Mm. Like, what a joke. They were doing <laughs> the wrong thing all the time. And then we learn that Jesus, he went, he had a look in the temple, went to Bethany. What did he do that night mm. before he came back the very next day?
0: Yeah, well, of course, the scriptures give us a bit of a clue because yeah. John five nineteen says, or it's Jesus speaking, he says, the son can do nothing by himself. He only does what he sees the father doing. Mm -hmm. So you almost get the hint that he comes in, has a bit of a look around and thinks, What do I do? I'm going to go and find out what the Father wants me to do, Mm -hmm. sort of sleeps on it effectively, and then comes back the next day to to act it all out.
1: That's my assumption. Now, it is just an assumption because the Scripture doesn't tell us in detail what he did that night. But knowing what Jesus always did, that before he embarked on anything, he spent time alone with his Father praying. Mm. And when he says, I don't do anything unless the Father tells me or instructs me or does it first, and I do what I see the Father do, it's a pretty safe assumption that Jesus actually prayed and got his instruction. So the next day, he comes back into Jerusalem. He goes to see the fig tree. The fig tree has nothing, no fruit on it. And you kind of think, well, it wasn't even the season. But if the fig tree is the analogy in the picture of the Jewish people, then the fig tree, the Jewish people, is supposed to be a light to the nations, to bring this light into a dark world so that they can see the truth of the one true God. But the leadership was so corrupt that they were misrepresenting who God was and the the um, the lifestyle, the standards, the morals that the Jewish people had and were supposed to be living by to let the rest of the world know there was a better, higher way. Mm. They were misrepresenting. To the Roman leadership, to the Herodian leadership, to the general population of all the people who were part of the Roman Empire, mixture of nations, misrepresenting God to everybody. They were not a light to the world, which it was supposed to be all the time. So in that regard, the fig is supposed to be in season all the time. We mm. get a similar instruction where we're called to preach the word in season and out of season. Yeah, that's right. To So that everybody can have an understanding of who God is and what he wants for their lives, whether they like it or not, whether mm. it's p- politically correct or not. It's always supposed to be, you know, r- representing him well. Well, the Jewish people at that time, the leadership in particular, were not. They were ripping God off mm. and ripping the people off. And they it, it, the temple had just become a, become a money-making scam. So Jesus curses the fig tree because it looks good, but it has no fruit. Then he goes into the temple and he drives all of these you know, corrupt money-making scams out and he says, y- you're making this a place uh, that is a robber's den and it's supposed to be a house of prayer. Mm. What you see in this is this, okay, it's coming together now. 400 years before, God sends a warning through the prophet Malachi. Get your act together. You're ripping me off. You're leading the people astray. I'm not happy. Deal with it. Then Jesus comes. But just before Jesus arrived, there was another interesting kind of a prophetic warning to the religious leadership.
0: Well, that, of course, came through John the Baptist, who was the, yeah. the preceder to the Messiah. Mm. Uh, but he spoke, and he spoke quite firmly himself, actually, got a bit, to, a bit my own heart <laughs> with the, uh, the Pharisees and the Sadducees. But he said, uh, you brood of vipers who warned you to flee from the wrath to come. Therefore, bear fruit in keeping with repentance. And don't suppose that you can say to yourselves, we have Abraham for our father. For I say to you that from these stones, God is able to raise up children to Abraham. The axe is already laid at the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree that doesn't bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire.
1: Isn't that amazing? We just read that, but we don't actually connect Mm. it to anything else. We don't connect it to this fig tree that represents the Jewish people, to the warning of the re- corrupt religious leaders in the yeah. temple. Going back 400 years, we, we don't even see that. Jesus cursing the fig tree then, marching into the temple and saying, look what you've done to my father's house. How dare you? Mm. Don't you dare pick up that table. Don't you dare move that thing and carrying it through this. This is a holy place. That in and of itself shows this connection. So the Jewish people... The figs, the ripe, good, healthy figs and the corrupt, rotten figs, so rotten that they cannot be eaten or used. The cursing of the tree by Jesus, the warning by John to the religious leaders, your number is up. In fact, the axe is at the very root of the tree. Mm. You've had 400 years to get your act together and you haven't done it. You brood of vipers and then marching into the temple and saying no more. Absolutely no more. What's very, very interesting is that when Titus Vespasian entered Jerusalem and he laid siege to it in the year 70 A.D., so it's like like what Jesus said was almost like, okay, this is the very beginning of the judgment that God promised because you didn't listen, you didn't take heed. And then after the resurrection it was and, and Jesus ascended, it was about 35, 40 years after that in the year 70 A.D., That the Romans laid siege to Jerusalem Led by Titus Vespasian And the temple was destroyed Not a stone left upon another Another fulfillment of prophecy by the Messiah And Jerusalem was sacked and destroyed And the religious leadership was gone The temple service was gone That corruption was now over And Jesus, as we know The fulfillment of the mosaic and sacrificial ceremonial law Fulfilled all of that and the people went into the diaspora, into dispersion around mm. the world. You know, Romans eleven twelve says, For if God did not spare the natural branches, that's the Jews, he's not going to spare you either. Paul was talking to the Gentiles. Religious hypocrisy and corruption is not exclusive to the Jewish people. Mm. And we have to take that warning very, very seriously because it's very easy to fall into these kind of traps looking for prosperity and and funds. And all Christian ministry and churches have to be very, very careful because God Mm. won't tolerate being misrepresented, not to just his people, but in the eyes of the world as well.
0: As always, the notes are available for these uh, two programs and all that we share on Foundations. You can find them online at vision.org.au slash foundations. Next time on the program, we're going to be finding out about Thorns.